Welcome to Spirit Led, a podcast hosted by Greg and Michelle Haswell. Through practical and inspiring discussions, these episodes are designed to give you tools and hope that will equip and motivate you in the middle of life's demands and distractions. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another podcast from Haswell Ministries called Spirit Led. Today, it is my great privilege to have with me Leif Hetland, who has become an extremely dear friend to us. And uh, I'm just thrilled to have you, Leif. Welcome. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, We just recently went to Pakistan together. And uh, for me, it was just a beautiful moment to see God using you. Uh, You know, I've heard so many stories and you told me, but to see God's power and and wisdom and the love of God on display and the honor uh, was just a beautiful thing for me to watch. I think the thing, Leif, that just impacted me the most was that on every one of the seven mountains, uh, we met one of the leaders. Some of the key, in fact, the key leaders on each of the mountains uh, were being influenced by what you were doing. And I and I love this idea. We love the idea of us as a church invading the seven mountains and being salt and light. And um, But I, I think the seven mountains idea, I think what, what changed for me was to see that uh, idea of the seven mountains through a power and love and wisdom paradigm, which you've been preaching. So, so tell us about that, and, and let's just talk a, a little today in this podcast. Okay. First of all, for people, if they're not aware of the seven mountains, just very quickly, uh, just to, to honor people, the primary the concept and the language, it's been around for a long time, but in 1975, Lauren Cunningham, who is the founder of Why Women Still is Youth with a Mission, and Campus Crusade founder Bill Bright, they were going to have a meeting together, and before they did, they both prayed, and they ended up kind of a calling these seven mountains and both of them separately speaking came together and they realized if we're going to disciple or bring a transformation to culture and change cities and nation it is not enough just to get the religious mountain or that we need to make sure from everything from arts media education government and uh, the marketplace and etc so there's these seven different spheres of influence that what using their language that came more from a salt and light perspective than mm-hmm. we as believers. Some of the people and many of the people that are our friends, Lance Waldo and Johnny Enlow, Os Hillman, and some of those that has written both books, and many of them are my friends. And, yeah. and I've done quite a few of these seven mountain uh, conferences have been in different settings. So this has been part of maybe 22 years ago, it was more introduced to me. Yeah. Also, my baptism of love experience, something started to change. It was my thought in the beginning is now, wow, let's raise up people that can, in each one of them, let me get, find the influencers, influence the influencers, let us go in and bring in kingdom believers come up, climb the top of that mountain, creating a tipping point. And if we do that with these mountains, so we're going to see an atmosphere change. That was kind of my concept. But then the baptism of love comes in. And suddenly you're getting a a, a paradigm shift, different lenses, how to see that. That doesn't change the way that I do believe that we as believers, as we're discipling cities and nation, not just people, that 
God has called us, and we see that very clearly throughout scriptures, to be able to be yeah. light and salt and to be influencers of the influencers. But so yeah. much of me, because I'm wired, and you know me very well, Greg, but I'm wired yeah. to be a lion. I'm wired with authority. I'm wired. I have an anointing, gifts, and authority. Let's take this. Here's what we need to do. And yeah. it ends up this us against them. Yeah. When I realize that eventually that when God started to deal with my heart, it's kind of a, an Isaiah 6 moment where Isaiah that was connected to King Uzziah that had all the seven mountains and it was prospering. But then the morality in his own life went down and he ended up with leprosy. So he, he was losing the seven mountain, but Isaiah the prophet was what was them. Here's the bad this and bad that. The bad Everybody was what was them until you see him high and lifted up, seated on the throne. And the train of his robes fills your temple. And then you're going through this holy, holy, holy. And then eventually you realize the whole earth is filled with glory. It's not all the bad and darkness and sin. and But this is from heaven's view how you see it. And then suddenly you see the seraphim touches your lips and it cleanses you. And I realize that we don't have a darkness problem in the world that I travel, but lack of light. Yeah. And I realize instead of me pointing the finger to them, it is us against them. And that's what you end up with. And you have two different things. But you do not realize that so much of it is connected to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So then you choose we are good and they are evil. And it becomes this confrontation. And, and whoever wins is going to get the mountain. So suddenly I realized that God started to deal with me. And yeah. then you listen to the conversation and his concern about what's happening, if that's governmental and what's happening with family, what's happening with all the different areas that we all can see sure. in the sense of the diagnosis of what's going on in the world. That's You only need an Old Testament and a newspaper and a CNN and Fox to find out that. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to be very prophetic. But then when you realize it from heaven's perspective, because when the lips are on your fire, your ears open up and you listen to the conversation in heaven that the Father, Son, Spirit is talking about what's going on here on earth. And yeah. at that moment, it was not that God speaking to Isaiah. He is now because God has touched him. Woe is me. I yeah. am the man. My The issue is here. Yeah. I live among your people. I am actually the one living. Among, so I have some brokenness myself, and I live in a lot of broken wool. Can do something in me, fix me so that I can be part of the solution. Yeah. That was kind of my baptism of love experience that happened. And I placed myself in the offering plate. But I've realized that it's not just mm -hmm. a lie in me. And it was part of my thing until year 2000 that I roar, they roar, and we go to war and spiritual warfare and all of that. But then yeah. I realized I met the lamb. I met Jesus, the lamb. And yeah. when I met the lamb, I started to be broken. And I realized even some of those people that was against me before it was like, they are against me and pray against them and people, we need to yeah. go to war. I suddenly realized, ah, oh, that Barabbas, could you take that on me so that they could become free? Yeah. So when I looked at the lamb, it just started to change me. And then the more I spent time with the lamb, because Jesus was a lion that became a lamb. So we could be lamb that become lion. And yeah. it started to do something in regard to, and God started to deal with me, Greg. And there was a couple of things. First, I said, the first thing he said to me, the second one, you were there, I think, when Bishop Joseph Gallagher spoke to me. Yeah. Our family gathering in Atlanta. Yeah. I used to say, you only have authority over what you love. Yeah. But the second thing I said, you also have authority where you weep over. And one is aspect when my yeah. identity is not in the lamb. 
It yeah. isn't something else. And I start to roar what happened. People scatter and not gather. Yeah. When it comes from the lamb's heart that I am being broken over what is broken. And I don't see them as, wow, there is the terrorist Saul. I suddenly now can see the Apostle Paul. And I don't treat people based upon their history, but their destiny. And I no longer have this us against them. Then and suddenly, if that was Democrats and Republicans, that doesn't mean anyone that knows me, I have a plumb line, I stand firm, and you were there and you watched it. So people think that that's kind of a water out. No, it's top, totally opposite. The lamb is not weak. Yeah. And I realized the power of the lamb and the blood of the lamb, and I started to see. So when I then went in and I started to behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And I yeah. started to see the lamb. I started to see me. And he started to do something with his Norwegian Viking heart. And he started to expand it and soften it. And the more I spent time with the lamb, I realized, I know the pain and the brokenness and everything is in all of those mountains that I was trying to build favor because even what I was trying to do is, and that's kind of the orphan heart and the orphan spirit. We try to manipulate to be able to get position and this and that to take over. And some of the, my thing came from more dominion theology perspective. Yeah. And I, even a Judas in my life, I saw it as bad instead of washing his feet. Yeah. But then I spent time with Jesus and I realizing, even knowing he's about to betray me. Peter is about to deny me. How do I wash the feet of those people? So the lamb, the more I spend time with the lamb and the whole kenosis or hypostatic union there in Philippians 2, that became very key to me as I started to go deeper and the beatitude and he started to expand my lamb. And then suddenly these very people that when I went back to the same people, some that you met there, and that was 20 years ago, started to say, okay, how can I serve them? How can I wash their feet? When they are hurting, I'm hurting and and I started at that moment with a lamb in me, and I even started to love without a hook and an agenda. What it didn't make sense in missiology or anything else that yeah. we didn't think there's influence in the lamb. And yeah. I thought their lion is going to eat up my lamb. But on the opposite, they didn't know exactly what to do with a lamb because love without a hook, because perfect love casts it out fear. So yeah. something, what is this? And we smell what is this thing that they are coming here to take us, and then you are standing in a gap between us and our enemy. Yeah. And you're willing to give your life for us. You are an infidel. That yeah. started a journey when I get to represent that started suddenly. And I started to say, how can I be a son of Pharaoh? How can I suddenly going in here? And that was my journey 20 years ago. And, and I'm learning and growing. But the beautiful part, what you saw then after 26 years in this journey, for the first six years, I came from more dominion theology perspective. I'm not saying that it just, I think it looks a little bit differently uh, it's kind of the Palm Sunday. Hey, we're going to get a king, and if we get so and so, and but we don't want that Friday. We want that. Yeah. We don't want the Thursday. We don't want the foot wash, and especially people that are about to betray us. So he had to take me to a different school to leave the Palm Sunday on my dominion. We're going to get a king. He's going to overtake this evil system to eventually a Thursday, and then Friday you get to a cross. It's not just where he died, but when you died together with him. That's the beautiful part of the Lamb. And when Barabbas can become free, the very terrorist or evil one, when the terrorist Saul, you see the Apostle Paul writing, love is patient, love is kind. And you see that in the very one that is the terrorist that tried to kill you. Yeah. Boom, and something starts to change in you. And then the lion in you, when you starts to roar, and you saw it with 400 key leaders in a room, or you saw it in atmosphere. When the roar comes, it comes from the lamb's heart, and they don't know what to, to do. And this yeah. unity is happening. Shia, Sunni, Sikh. Then I'm invited to the Golden Temple, speak in the mosque, Sharia law. 
all these things started to take place yeah. that people didn't know the secret is in sonship and your identity. And that is found that Jesus is the son of Abraham, the son of David, the lamb and the lion. But the primary thing with Jesus was, his focus was the lamb. And then when the, he focused on the lamb, the lion came. And the only time in the book of Revelation, when the lion shows up, it becomes a lamb, Revelation yeah. 5. So I became a student of the lamb. Because yeah. I knew how to be a lion. I knew authority. Yeah. Yeah. What we're going to do, and we're going to take over and us against that. I knew that. I've been trained in that. I yeah. didn't need a whole lot of help to roar. It's just that when I roared, it didn't make a whole lot of difference. The environment didn't change. And then I blamed it on them, and I came home and said, I'm being persecuted yeah. by these evil people. And people applauded me instead yeah. of realizing, no, I'm coming from the wrong heart. Yeah, the church, the church will applaud that. I, I remember we were with Masha al-Safat and he was saying one of the m- more radical Muslim leaders in the country. And, and when we, you were opening the school for the girls' school that you had, you had, uh, you know, you, you'd been there previously, seen how uh, young girls were being mistreated, and you had challenged them on that. And they've now started a school for girls, which is doing phenomenally well. And we were there to open it. <laughs> but, but he said in that meeting, he said, before you came, everything was darkness. But since you've been coming, light has come to us. And this is the testimony of a man who, who first time he met you, wouldn't even, he went away and washed his hands, right? He wouldn't even, because he touched an infidel. So the, 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 the proof has been in the pudding. And for me, what was the most amazing thing to see, because I had so bought in and I'm so accustomed to us as believers taking a very strong stance, you know, we're right, they're wrong. Everybody be quiet, listen to us, because we'll show you the way to truth. And, and um, you know, the scripture that came to mind while we were there was Paul, and he, he writes and he says how all around the world we've been, this gospel has been turning people from worthless idols to the living God. Mm. So when he's talking to the church, he's calling them, yeah, this is worthless idols. But then when he's, when he's talking, uh, you know, and he, he walks up uh, around the Acropolis and he looks around, he goes, man, I see you guys are really spiritual people because you got all these temples to different gods. And he said, I want to talk to you about this God here, the unnamed God. And so he didn't walk up to the people who don't yet know and say, you know, you guys, these are all worthless idols. So I realized um, sometimes we can get around church people quite a bit. And when we preach, uh, we kind of throw the red meat out to the audience that they're going to lap up and go, yeah, that's truth. That's right. But I realized coming with you, that that message doesn't ring true. That's the lion message. Um, but when you're sitting with people that God has called you to reach, the lamb is the way to go. So I I, I, I was just blessed by that. How big and an, an important a role is, is honor in that whole mix? First of all, I do believe that uh, honor is what love looks like. Yeah. So a couple of things. Honor happens in words, what I say in deeds, in my action, words, and in my thoughts. When I see somebody very different than me, believes very differently. So how do I honor people that dishonor? That's one of the questions. I still remember the day God says, why are you prejudiced against people that are prejudiced? (laughs) And so, so I, it's because deception is very deceiving. Yeah, I feel that in practicality, honor, when you honor, life flows, you dishonor. So like as a sample, I'm in my office right here and actually right over on this side, you see, this is the award from the president of Pakistan, November 25th, 
And on the award, it says that this is the International Peace Award by the president of Pakistan as an ambassador of love. You know, people always asking, wow, how did that happen and everything else? But I give a practical example. In my office, I was having one of the top influential Muslim leaders coming. And I have a couple of Al-Quran, a couple of Bibles. There's a few items here that I just knew that it would be dishonor in the same sense as they may be coming in, you're going into somebody and they're moving away things that would hurt Jesus or hurt the Holy Spirit. And out of honor, they are willing to remove away some of those obstacles because the relationship element, that's just a, a honorable. So yeah. I found the Al-Quran. This is just a practical way. And I put the Al-Quran on the top of my bookshelf and then I took the Bible on the top of the bookshelf. I want to send people say, how could you honor this false book? And some believers would say. Yeah. And I'm sitting there with this and he's looking around the office, this key speaks to 60 million PhD, brilliant Islamic scholar. So he looks around and he sees the Quran up on the top of the shelf. And yeah. you get this wow effect in my office in Peachtree City. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he goes up and he takes like this holy thing and he looks at it and starts to open up and he starts to read some surah, meaning verses in Arabic, yeah. in for me. And as yeah. he's sitting there, I have that wow effect towards him. And yes. wow, what an honor that he will read from his holy book towards me. I yeah. mean, that's what you're describing, what Apostle Paul did. And I know it's the way Jesus did it. It's just yeah. not, it's not cultural, acceptable yeah. in, in an area where you have lions without lambs. Yeah. So in this settings and in this feeling, I'm just like, but then what happened is the presence of Jesus is coming into this office. Yeah. And then eventually he got healed from a stomach condition. I got to pray with him. Atmosphere is changing. Eventually his two wives and nine children, I could have coming in and say, hey, and according to the word of God, he will yeah. say, well, according to the Al-Quran, we got the final revelation of Allah to mankind. So your revelation is, I mean, I have never seen any transformation happen that way. Yeah. Then I honored, wow, do you, do you have two wives here? And then you have all your children. I started to honor. And that opened up for me to pray there. And the presence of Jesus filled up that place. That opened up. And since then, there are so many names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yeah. So people, I would like that. But yeah. the, your methods, the way you're doing, I don't like the methods. How could you honor something that is not scripturally and this and that? Yeah. So that's kind of the, the culture. So I've had a culture war and people have named me and called me and all of that. And I have to live with that. But for yeah. me, the very thing, it's the same also. I mean, I can write, here's the 10 things that I honor about Muslims. Yeah. People, I'm not saying that I don't have things that I disagree and here's totally. Yeah. But if I was going to say, here's the 10 things, well, here's the 10 things I honor about Democrats. Oh, people are in shock. How could you find something that you value about somebody? Yeah. But I'm finding out that there was one person that was very difficult for me to honor. I'm talking about very, very difficult. Yeah. And I finally, I mean, there was so much totally different than me and theology that was so far from me. Yeah. I went up to my hotel room. I was in Lancaster, <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I said, Papa God, and this was actually a believer, well-known leader that everybody will know. Yeah. But I struggle. It's just a totally different. And I said, Papa God, when you are thinking about this person, what do you see? And I got me one simple word, what he honored, what God yeah. honored about him. Not the 98 things that I would say is totally wrong, error, this, that, yeah. error. and everything he said, and the behavior, and the, there was so much lying, no lamb, and I could just yeah. go to my list. That's in the natural what I saw. But yeah. I know that it's illegal for me to see things differently than Jesus. So that's yeah. why you repent. 
And I went to my room and repented okay. and said, before I meet this person, I want to see him the way you see him. And at that moment, when God showed me, I found out this wow effect towards those 2%. And that's why I put my focus. That's what I'm going to honor. And when I found that, something connected, and I got to know his story and his heart, and we yeah. connected. And something happened as a result in relationship, and I had an opportunity to be an influence. That's what you saw with Ishia. That's what you saw in my hotel room when you and I were there. And why would a high political Shia Muslim leader in that room, and you heard it yourself, we have it on video, that yeah. in a few moments, a Shia Muslim politically is certainly in, how can you in five minutes where somebody says, I will give my life for you. I love yeah. you. I'm going to kiss you. An infidel? Just yeah. try to explain that. Yeah. But that's, so until people allowing the lamb, allowing yeah. love, to be the language the blind eyes can see and the deaf ears can hear. People don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. So my starting point is honor is what love looks like. You honor in words, thoughts, and deeds. I start to honor. That doesn't mean that I'm not standing firm and loving well. That doesn't mean I don't speak the truth and love. That doesn't mean that Jesus was not full of grace and truth. Yeah. Some people want to say, what about this? The truth. There is no the truth that sets you free. That's totally correct. But yes. I have no access to people and I have no connection for them to listen to what I have to say until the walls has come down. And that's what the lamb does. So now I have an opportunity. And they say, what is just happening to me? Well, I feel yes. my heart is being warm. What just happened? The tumor just disappeared. What yes. is just happening to me? What, what just happened to my family? Or this uncommon favor is coming in after you came in. And that's what you saw all over. Like they said, yeah. you came into this region and area. And look now what's happened. We don't know exactly what is that. Oh, that's Jesus. Let me tell you a little bit more about him. Yeah, tell us about him. We yeah. didn't think he was alive. Just feel him now and then, them having encounter. So I, I've just seen that Jesus... Jesus, I just, I adore him, and I love him, and I honor him. He's the Lord of my life. I belong to him. I'm a coin in his hand. He can spend me whatever way he wants to. Yeah. I refuse to, not just Muslim or in America or any culture, I refuse for anyone of me to be able to give people a God that doesn't look like Jesus. And if yeah. there's things in our culture that doesn't look like Jesus, I'd rather put a question mark on that than putting yeah. a question mark on Jesus and say that Jesus is no longer yeah. normal. Jesus is normal and anything in my life that doesn't look like Jesus. So I see Jesus, the way he operated and the way that he loved and the way, even with a Samaritan, how could you as a yeah. Jew? And why would you ask her for a favor? Don't you see you alone with a woman? And I can just go to all the flags and I yeah. can just go to all scriptures when I'm looking at Jesus. Yeah. And I realize I can see exactly that there's only one conclusion. We have to crucify him. And that's what they want to do with me and a lot of other people. Because yeah. we don't follow the pattern of what they thought it was supposed to look like. Not what Jesus looked like. And I, it's exactly the same. Exactly like you say, the Pharisees hated the fact that the, the way Jesus did things. He healed on the Sabbath. He spoke to prostitutes. He had lunch with tax collectors. They, they were affronted by his um, lack of obedience to their rules. And I think uh, for me, watching that mixture of love, honor, and wisdom and power was, was amazing. You, we spoke about the Shia Muslim and we, we prayed together for when his, his shoulder was frozen. And uh, what I loved about it is his son had come into the room with him. He, he said to his son, come. And because uh, you'd prayed for him in a previous visit and he got healed supernaturally. So he came to you and said, hey, can because we we met we had lunch with him and it was great and he said hey can we go upstairs I need, I need prayer and 
um, you know, and we prayed for him and you, you just laid hands on him. And, and then um, I, we were capturing the video of his testimony. And he, he kept saying, I don't understand how quickly this happens. I, I've been in incredible pain for a month. You prayed and instantly it leaves. And he had full range of motion again. And I'm capturing that video. And his son was so excited that we, he took the phone from me to make sure that I was capturing it. You know, it was, it was, so here you have this, um, this just, and then what, what I, to your point is that you said, you know, you know why you got to heal? Cause there's power in the name of Jesus. It's Jesus that healed you. And here he says, yep, no, absolutely. He, he's acknowledging that that was the power of Jesus. And um, so I, I found it very interesting um, for me, the mixture of humility, generosity, love, honor, and wisdom, along with a demonstration of power. And I came away saying, that's virtually unstoppable. How do you resist that? But if you come in with the opposite, if you come in arrogant, dishonoring, stingy, uh, with rebuke, uh, no demonstration of power and no wisdom. You won't end up anywhere near the same results. And somehow we've got it in our heads that all we need to do is just demonstrate, we need to preach and demonstrate power and that'll be all. And it just simply isn't. Um, Paul said, brothers loved by God, we, we loved you so much that we were willing to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Hmm. And I think that for me, watching you ministering to people and not just ministry, but getting into their lives. So the one, the one Muslim leader whose son is, he has to decide, you know, which of the potential wives for his son is the right one and said, I need to just spend some time with you and let's talk about which wife my son gets to marry. And the, you and the son and he went up and, and had a discussion about which is the right wife for him. This is no longer the stuff of just, uh, you know, a casual acquaintance, they've invited you into their hearts. And, you know, of the five Muslim leaders that we met, uh, the senior Muslim leaders of the country, three of them said, called you a spiritual father. The other two said you were a spiritual brother. Uh, you know, this is more than just a, a little moment, yeah. And and some of us, I, I think that the, the paradigm, I actually just sat with a leader in Atlanta a little earlier, and, and I could see because he had been over there and, but when he watched and heard about it, he was just, that's, we were supposed to have an hour and a half. And I think we ended up three and a half, almost four hours. Yeah. Just, there was so much life that came out of it. <laughs> but the thing even there now for me in this journey of, from being able to speak at the Bachai Mosque as an infidel Christian, to be a professor of Sharia law, to be able to be a best man in of many key leaders their oldest son's wedding and be the best man and to meeting and introduce me from Saudi Arabia to Iran to all who is whom and that but also for me to be able on a grassroots movement for me to be able to pray for the sick for me to be able to represent a king like Jesus as an ambassador of love and to have a nation that you saw everywhere we went including yeah. the one that you saw that had had a hand broken that came in with yeah. his oldest son and friend and also came in that he was the one that for six years that tried to stop me. So put it in a simple way. I'm just trying to be very simple. But if some here would have some, say, a good, nice, conservative Christian part of it, average church, maybe you're one that are listening. Yeah. I'm just going to give perspective. If you had some Antifa, 
that for six years tried to kill you, burn down your family, and tried to stop you everywhere you went and yeah. lied about you, cheated about you. One time you met him and they washed their hands because that's this guy. We're connected to the radical street and tried to do everything to stop me. You're an infidel. And then God suddenly dealt with me and he suddenly said, He is not the problem. You are the problem. And I'm like, Me, the problem. He is obedient to you. And exactly. again, I realized that. Then I repented because I wanted to see what God saw. And when I had a genuine love for that Antifa, I'm using that. It, yeah, it was much yeah. worse than Antifa. That would be very mild comparison. Yeah. If this Antifa using a language for anyone that would be on the more conservative side would relate a little bit to this. And then when I started, so now when this person's like, I have this wow effect, honor, words, thoughts, deed. I got a wow effect. There he is. He's coming. He said, oh, he's coming to kill me again. What is he going to do next? Oh, here's all the things he did against me. Uh, oh, forgive him. He does not know what he does. Father, can you just bless him? And I just, so I started to have this heart towards him <laughs> that uh, you did not do this. God did this so I could bless you, the Joseph attitude to the ones that betrayed him. Yeah. So in the middle of all of that, and suddenly in a meeting with another one that you met that is more on the conservative radical side, yeah. in official meeting, He's coming with a cast on his arm. This has been six years of this. And now I could say, you, you reap what you sow and you see yeah, what's happening. Yeah, your ugly thing, that yeah. Hand, that would have been the old yeah. orphan. Yeah. And then now suddenly you had a, wow, wow, I love him. And he is, I wish I could take that pain that he has so he doesn't have it. So I take care of it. That's yeah. the laminos. That's Jesus. Yeah. That's the ministry of reconciliation. They represent God before people and people before God, and especially our enemy, just as Jesus. That's yeah. the cross. And then I just, boldness, courage came over me in front of all these imams, 12 imams in this room. I walked right over. I have the video on my phone and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I touched the cast before he had a chance. That's the <laughs> one. And then I tried to phone comes together, he get healed. And he was there when we were together and he testified. Now he's opened up that whole region for me. Yeah. And I've spoken there and ministered and praying for the sick. And yeah. Demonstrating, proclaiming Jesus. So I'm just talking about that love wins. And for yeah. anyone that want to come to me and they have a better way, but that's kind of the Antifa situation. Yeah. I'm not saying it is easy, but this has been my school where God has taken me and he said, I'm going to take you to the darkest, most difficult places in the world. Yeah. So there's no longer an excuse anywhere else in the world yeah. to see that my love, power, and wisdom does not work. It's beautiful. I, I absolutely love that. I think for me, that was the biggest takeaway watching the, because for years, like you say, in, I heard about Seven Mountains in early 80s. So I was, I, I've been in since then, but uh, coming with you is the first time I've seen it done the Jesus way. And I, and I loved it. And uh, it was just an honor. Uh, <laughs> We're coming to a close, but I just wanted to know, you know, there's people listening and, and going, wow, I've never heard this. This is amazing because, uh, you know, you, you've planted over 900 churches in a country of Sharia law where proselytizing is a, is a death sentence and, and you've led more than a million believers or people to Jesus. And I'm just saying this, this is astounding. If people want to support you in the ministry, and say, I, I, you know, I maybe can't go, but Leif, how can I support you? How can they go about doing that? Now, if they contact us on globalmissionawareness.com, and there is an opportunity there. Yes. And I also encourage on globalmissionawareness.com, if they see my name, you maybe can put it on the Leif Hetland. If they look that up, Leif Hetland Ministries, it's also an opportunity. But also I would encourage, if people are sensing that, I would like to be an ambassador of love. 
perhaps in the classroom. Yeah. That's just as a housewife at home that I want to represent the king in the right way. I want mm. to know the culture of heaven. I want to know the language of heaven so that I make sure I represent him in a good way. We do now also have a master class. I know some of your people have gone through it mm. where eventually I take them on a 12-week intense journey, not just to receive, but to become love, power, mm. and wisdom. So it becomes a starting point of a 12-week journey where I teach we have coaching, we have encounters, and we take them through this process of a seed to becoming a tree so it can become a force where God has placed you to be because every believer is actually called to be an ambassador of love and to represent the king. And so my goal is that that there's not going to be any misrepresentation. I don't want anybody to meet a God that doesn't look like Jesus. But what I learned, Greg, was that 93% of the believers of wrestling and struggling with this. So the reason the world is the way it is, is because so many of the believers has a view of God that doesn't look like Jesus. And who Jesus is to us is who he will be to us. And that's the Jesus. They've not rejected the Jesus of the Bible, but they've often rejected a Jesus that many of us have portrayed that has come through worldview and our filter system and everything else. So part of my assignment in life, yes, one is what you and I are getting to do together around the world. But the second part of that is now, I want to help other people to become free because whom the sun set free is free indeed. And no, it is not, uh, he hates sin. He is a holy God and it is a holy fire. That's why I want that holy fire. And I'm in a season again when it touches my lips so that I can be set on fire so I can hear the voice of God again. So I am not talking about for some people that misunderstand this and they think it is cheap. No, it's not cheap. It is very, very powerful. This grace is the very empowerment of God to look and live like Jesus. And I'm not there. They are not there. But perhaps there's people there that would like, let's go on this journey together and explore because he loves you just the way you are. But he refuses for you to stay that way because he wants you to be just like Jesus. And that can only happen through the Holy Spirit. So that's uh, that would be an invitation, global mission awareness. But also, if they want, starting September 5th, we have the masterclass. Yeah. If they want to take 12 weeks to get oil of intimacy so that they yeah. will burn brightly without burning out, it's a phenomenal journey. The stories of testimony of lies from a medical doctor, his practice looks differently. He's now an ambassador of love, and every client looks differently yeah. to Radical conservative that suddenly is still conservative. It's not changed. Yeah. I'm not saying people should change politics, but yeah. suddenly realize that it's no longer, he doesn't have any enemies any longer. Yeah. He has suddenly a voice representing something greater than himself. Yeah, beautiful. I would just highly recommend that those courses we've had, people who've done them have just, uh, I've seen transformation and what a, what a great thing. Leif, it's been a delight to have you. Thank you so for, for coming on and thank you for sharing your heart, but mostly, I wanted to appreciate you for being the example and the um, the the waymaker that God has anointed you to be. And thank you for being faithful to that call. We deeply appreciate you. And thanks for being with us today. Thank you for joining us today. If you found encouragement and insight from today's episode, please consider subscribing and sharing it with a friend. You can grow with more content from Greg and Michelle Haswell with things like books and blogs and courses on www.haswellministries.com. We'll see you next time on the Spirit-Led Podcast.